Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at fantasyfootballprofit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Welcome Jeff. everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, joined as always by Jeff Torrey. And today we're talking some more auction drafts, which again, we've talked about the last few times we've done is we love auction drafts. I think they're the best things in fantasy football. I think if your league is thinking about going to an auction draft, you should absolutely go to an auction draft. It is not a fun. It's just, it, I mean, it, it doesn't compare to me. The snake draft's fine, all right, but the, the it's just so much more intense. It's so much more enjoyable. I feel like in an auction, you can get all kinds of players, and that's why today's episode we're going to talk about like different strategies that people use, and just mainly the people that you go into it with a, a certain strategy. I'm going to do this kind of strategy. We're going to talk about just a couple of these, what we think, if we think they're valuable, think we should try them or not. So let's jump into this thing, Jeff. And I'll, I'll, first, I'm going to start out like I think is probably one of the most common popular strategies in auctions. And it's been around for a while. And it's basically the main name and go with studs and duds. <laughs> a lot of times you spend all your money on these on a couple of guys at the very top. It might only even be like two guys, no matter how much you're spending, maybe three. Then the rest of your guys are bottom end, bottom of the barrel, one, two dollar players. So with this strategy, obviously you're going, you, you need a hit on the top guys, but you're going to go big. I want, I don't know, this year I want Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to get Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to get Delvin Cook and I'm going to get, you know, I don't know, Jamar Chase. And maybe I can make that work and everybody else is a dollar. How do you feel about that, Jeff? How, that kind of strategy, is that something you like to ever look to do? And if you do, does it work? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think early on, I definitely have done it. It, it works out a little more if, um, uh, <clears throat> I don't know how to say this <clears throat> correctly, but if your your draft met, made, maybe maybe it's an earlier, like an early on league, because if you can get a lot of value late, um, this one does work quite well. If, if it's a very seasoned group that you're going to be drafting with, um, it works a lot less <laughs> of that way because yeah. they make sure that you don't, uh, you don't get anything for free. But <clears throat> the, the only thing, the big one that can hurt you is injury. So personally, early on, uh, you get most bang for your buck with running back, right? But it also happens to be the most injury prone position. So this is yeah. where you can get into trouble. I can easily get a Jonathan Taylor and say a cook. Cook knows that he gets banged up. Anything happens to Jonathan Taylor, say like, uh, I mean, in the past, um, uh, who was, I mean, I'm trying to think of all the people that have gotten hurt that you drafted. Um, and then you have to figure out how it, to readjust. For me, right? it started so, with uh, Jamal Charles. It started with um, players like that. I went, I, in drafts, I did, I went big on one guy a lot of times, but yeah, it's, they got hurt. Yeah, so it, it absolutely can work. I think that you have to still pick correctly on the studs that you're going for, right? So I think Jonathan Taylor is a great example because I do think that he's relatively safe. He's young. He hasn't, he doesn't really have an injury background yet. He, you know, the offense is directly like formed around him. You know that if he's healthy, he's going to be great. So I, I like that one. Like, I don't mind overpaying for Jonathan Taylor. And then on top of that, picking other guys that you think are relatively safe and have high upsides. Um, I think you absolutely could because later on you can easily find other wide receivers uh, to kind of fill in. And we all know, like neither of us usually like to pay or overpay for quarterback tight end. Um, 
I think in this situation, even more so tight end is kind of, uh, you know, a grab bag of people. So I think that this year that actually could work quite well. You just have to make sure you don't hit the injury bug that, that, I mean, it really can like derail your whole season. But even when I say that you have to be active on the waiver wire, that would be true for almost any of these, but that one even more so because you're, you know, it's kind of like trying to add the fourth stud. Say you go three heavy, you know, trying to get that fourth guy to improve your team. So it takes a little more work when you're in season in my personal preference, but yeah, I think it absolutely can work. And I've done it before. Um, it, it all depends on, on who you like and, and, you know, what the prices look like the, you know, when you're leading up to the game. So I think it can work. Yeah. It's just, I think you are, you do open yourself up for injury big time and injury could kill your season. Like this, I think this was the strategy. It probably, it probably, um, it might, maybe it brings the most winners, but it also could bring the most last place finishes. You know what I mean? It's just like, it can go either way on you and see, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't, I haven't gone this full route. I feel like often I I'll get the top guy, but maybe not a couple top, like spend all my money and then go completely in the, I want to, I like to get some middle guys. So I think more of a different approach that I would like to do. It's, it could be, and this is named different things in, um, in snake drafts and maybe even auction, but more like a hero, hero running back strategy where you're like getting one, you're spending big on one guy, right? You get one big time running back. And I, I typically have probably lean towards that more often where, getting one big time running back and then the rest is kind of a mixture not not really spending big on the rest of the positions but it's more of the mid-tier guys i usually might probably go that way than getting a couple really and i can't think of any times where i've probably gotten two guys like you know two top running backs i just don't like to spend that way first off i love the middle of the draft and auction i love i love uh being able to get a bunch of players so i might go really big on one running back like i've talked like i remember doing it I think the first time I did it was uh, Maurice Jones Drew back in the day. And it didn't work. He, he sucked that year. But that was that's that a rough example. I only did one of those guys. So I was able to make it work with the rest. Like you said, I've, got, I've, I've had guys get hurt. So, like, I would do it with Jamal Charles. He got hurt. I think I still won the title. Um, it's happened over the course of time. Like, players like that you get. And they, I did it with, um, was it Zeke two years ago in a lot of things? And he just, or last year, he sucked. It was just, and, you know, and, and that can happen whether or not you're going for the strategy, right? I mean, we, we, how many times do you see uh, a knee being blown out? AP, um, uh, even um, <clears throat> uh, Devin Cook, I mean, he and his really rookie year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it does happen. It feels like it happens every single year where you see like the non contact thing go and he just goes down, the knee is, is out, and there, you know, you can't get any trade value for him. Obviously, you hope he's okay for the next season, but. Right. Yeah, I mean that that becomes rough uh, when you're doing it that way. I, the other thing I will say is, as far as um, you know, studs and duds or hero, um, you know, hero running back. I kind of like that name. But um, yeah. the thing I do like about that, if you aren't used to doing a lot of auctions, uh, the mixture is definitely kind of in in uh, you know a feel, and you have to get pretty good at it. It's a little bit of an art and a little bit of a science. You have to feel when to give, when to take, and make sure that you spend all your money right. If you're newer to them, I, I would suggest making sure you go out and get either that hero or spend big on a couple of different guys, because at least, you know, you will have really top end talent and you probably will get rid of all your money, which I think is once again, we've talked about before, but that is the biggest sin by yeah. far is leaving money on the table. So it is an easier strategy 
to a certain extent as well. And you know, you're going to get good, like top end talent. Cause no one, if you get Jonathan Taylor, no one is going to tell you, you, you messed up. Right. So, but yeah, also I, think, I like, with, I think, I think you're right there about if it, it, it can depend on your knowledge level. If you're going into this and this is new to you and auctions new to you and maybe you don't feel like you're as knowledgeable about the middle of the draft. Maybe, yeah. Maybe you go to those guys, you know, or somebody else, like we, maybe we feel more confident that, all right, I'm going to de- identify some guys that I really like that are way undervalued and I'm going to get, I'm going to round up my team with them. That can be different. It really depends on, yeah. You're- and that one is, that one's very, I mean, that's way more dangerous, right? Because you're, you're yeah. pinning your belief on a lot of things that are not true yet. Uh, hence why they're so yeah. low on the draft, whether or not they don't have their position yet, whether or not you don't know what the yep. offense is going to look like. They're a rookie. So I would say that. And the other thing, the last thing I will say, just to kind of reiterate it, when we're talking about the studs and duds or the hero, make sure they are a difference maker, right? I um, I mean, you could spend a lot of money on a Najee Harris or something uh, because he's he's relatively safe. Like he's going to get a lot of carries and, and you don't really care if he has a huge, you know, breakout game or, or yardage per clip. But at the same time, I, you know, that is not why I'm pay- paying that money. That wouldn't be that part of that strategy, right? So I, I think that you have to go after people that you think can really break open week to week and win you stuff that way. Um, and, and I think the the top tier guys are that, but I feel like they're this year they they do dwindle a little bit. Like you can name kind of like three running backs before you kind of get like scared off. And same thing, I think there's probably like, there's a good top 10 wide receivers. Like if you want to go, that's a whole different one, but wide receiver heavy, I think there's probably more room for that and they don't cost quite as much. So um, yeah, I think it's the type of player too. And you just have to figure out what you like and and what you can stomach. So if you go big on only a couple of guys, they have to be game breakers. And that's the does and does one absolutely has to be game breakers. So another one that's out there is uh, the sit and wait approach. <laughs> You let others spend the money and then you go attack the middle of the draft, maybe in the middle value without getting anybody near the top. So that one is it. Be honest. I don't think I recommend that. I think you do. How many fantasy titles are won without? Yeah. You might, maybe you get a stud player in that middle round, but you're guessing fantasy championships aren't won with just a well-balanced team. You have to have a couple studs win you a title and i think and that's what we've talked about like if you go back and listen to our um beginner's guide to fantasy football auction drafts tell you don't sit around and wait i don't think that's the way to go i think you get you miss a lot of stuff you and then your your values maybe aren't even that great good in the middle i don't think i i just so this is this kind of strategy i don't think it's something i would um i would recommend i don't know i don't like to sit and wait no, sitting away, I think that's the quickest way to leave money on the table. <clears throat> and if you're going to do that, and there's nothing wrong with liking a lot of guys in the middle, right? I mean, there is a lot of talent there. And then you think you can break out. Uh, I don't mind that necessarily, but, it, you know, I, but if you're going to do that, make sure you, you might have to overpay on a bunch of those guys. You probably will because they'll be coming at the end of tiers. And, and then that's when people back off and you're like, well, I want to get all these other guys. Like you have a whole roster planned out. And then you won't spend an extra $10 on, on one of the better ones on your team. That is where you get in trouble. You still have to like, if that is what you're going to do and you've waited all this time, you absolutely have to pay what is ever necessary to grab those guys that are on the, the lower tier that may be in that middle upper section. 
Um, I'm trying to think of a good example of what that might be, but like, you know, like uh, Mike Evans is the last one. Like he is the last person or Tyree kill is going like number 10. Like you absolutely have to get someone like that and overpay for him probably because he, he might be the last, like, like second tier wide receiver. Yeah. Um, Cause if you don't, then all of a sudden it just goes all away. And then you're, you know, you'll leave 30 bucks on the table because no one else has money to bid you up. And you have a lot of guys you like, but you could have spent it and got a, a better player. And, uh, uh, you know, however you look at it, I think that is a, a failure of a manager. You have to get the most bang for your buck. Yep. And so another one I'll bring up, which I don't really think, I know people when they think about draft strategy, this, this, this one gets brought up. But So there's always the zero running back strategy. I just don't feel like that's a good auction type thing. I think I can see that being a snake draft type deal where you're going to draft a wide receiver, wide receiver early, and then get one of the well, explain that quick bef- before you go any further. Yeah, explain so what z- they actually mean by zero. Well, because zero running back, so it's, it's more of like, it, it, it can depend. People can take it whatever way they want, but very minimum, you're going maybe the first two rounds without a running back, sometimes first three rounds without a running back in a snake draft. And I don't think that's something that people, and then you're getting, I don't know, maybe the first running back you get ranked in the 20s. You know, Maybe this year, that could be Elijah Mitchell. It could be J.K. Dobbins, which doesn't sound terrible, right? But that's where it could end up being. I just don't think that's a very great – I don't think it's like a viable auction draft strategy. I don't think you need to do that in auction. I, I think that works in snake when you get one pick and then you let picks go by and you're going to lose players. I just don't feel like – I don't feel like that's something you need to do because you can go out and get some guys. You just don't need to wait that long for running back. I know I'm never the biggest zero running back fan anyway, um, but I can see how people like to do it. I just think in an auction, it's not something you need to go after. It's just not something I'm going to recommend either. I, I personally just say in all these strategies, I just kind of think it comes down to more balanced approaches are the way, like I like to get that, that more of that hero running back strategy. You get that top guy. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a receiver. Maybe you get, one of each. I don't like to go completely crazy either way. I like to keep it balanced and adapt as the draft goes on. So I think that's really what ends up being is maybe you have an idea of what you kind of want to do, but have a backup strategy in place that, oh, maybe this doesn't plan out. I got to go to this and move on to this. So I think that's the biggest key with um, auction is you have to be much more adaptable to how the draft is going than a snake. Yeah, I agree. I think the the only thing I would add to that is it, in the snake, if you're going to go zero running back anyway, just go after the guy that is going undervalued, right? Like as soon as a guy starts getting bid up and you realize he's $10 underneath, say, oh, well, that's going to be my guy now. Go after him. If he gets to, you know, the pretty much you're bidding on every single running back and you say, whoever goes under, that's who I'm going to take. Like there's, there's, like you said, there's no reason to just say, I'm going to let every single one go and let everyone get whatever price he comes at. And then I'll worry about it later. Cause I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So it, at that point, you're just saying, I have to get running backs on my roster. I want them, you know, at a certain price. And then you just can't be picky. Yep. All right. That's about all I have for strategies. Unless there's anything else you like out there, Jeff. No, I mean, I, I like it nice and short. I think we'll probably, yeah. I think we could do this again because I, I would like to talk about a few more, but I don't want to make this one like well, an hour I think what we so. could do, I think what we should do in the future weeks is jump in an auction draft and try out going there like with a plan in place. I think that going in, going to an auction, that's what everyone listening should do before you go into one of these drafts. If you think hmm, studs and duds, studs and scrubs, whatever you want to call it, that sounds good. You know what? Go try it. 
go see yeah. in an auction mock what you can come up with with that with that strategy what your back end what your players will be i think that's something good we should do here in the next couple of weeks jump in there try one of these strategies out to see how it plays out yeah i actually wouldn't mind trying that not a zero running back but i wouldn't mind saying i'm going to go wide receiver heavy and then whatever running yeah. back falls to me i think that'd be fun to see who i end up with Yep. And how much I think, money? I, know. I think basically what we'll say at most of the end of these auctions is I think the more practice you have with it, the better, because you just need to, especially when you're new to it, because every auction draft is different. You, it's not really, you're not going to, and when you go to do auction mocks, you're not really going to do an auction mock to think, okay, now this is exactly the team I can get or to help you be a, to, to adapt as a draft goes on and how much different it is. Cause it's crazy. You just don't know. It, and it all depends on which, a group of guys in there, but you could go do an auction draft with one group of guys an hour later, do the exact same auction draft and be totally different. You just, it's yeah, it, that much, it's, it's that crazy. It's, just it's really great in that way. And it, it does make me, <clears throat> once again, I like snake. I have a lot of fun doing it, but you know, you do enough of them like we do. And eventually by, you know, you're getting ready to draft and you know, already like, Oh, yeah. I was assigned the seventh pick. And you're like, Oh, the third pick is the best. Like I already know what I could have gotten. Now I know yeah. I'm in seventh and you kind of know the people you're going to end up with because, you yeah. know, so it, it becomes a little more robotic. Um, but then again, you know, not everyone drafts quite as much as us, but you know, auction is the spice of life, if you will. All right. Now I'm pumped. Let's do an auction. I'm knocking the next couple of weeks here. Be good. All right. That'll do it for today. Talk to you guys next time.